0: Welcome back to GEMS with Genesis Amaris Kemp. Today with me is Tyler Foley. A little bit about Tyler. Sean Tyler Foley is an accomplished film and stage performer and has been acting in film and television since he was six years old. He has appeared in productions including Freddy vs. Jason, Door to Door, Carrie, and the musical Ragtime, Tyler is passionate about helping others confidently take the stage and impact an audience with their stories. He is currently the managing director of Total Buy in and author of the number one best-selling book, The Power to Speak Naked. And without further ado, welcome Tyler Foley.
1: Well, I thank you, Genesis. It's an absolute joy to be on here right now. And uh, I'm looking forward to seeing what gems we can uncover.
0: So, Tyler, I know you are eager in the public speaking space, but before we get into that, I kind of want to know about your background. So how did you get to where you are now? And the reason why I ask this question is because some people who know you may see your are oh, Tyler made it. He's doing all these incredible things. But we all have those start ugly moments and, you know, the struggles that we face. And we would be remiss if we don't talk about that because, I hate when people put other people on a pedestal without really knowing their full story.
1: Well, I thank you for asking. I mean, I I, and it's funny that you do ask because I honestly feel like I'm just a regular guy. I mean, I'm 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 me living my life, you know, and uh, it's been a very circuitous journey to get here. Um, my father passed away when I was six years old and my mom was looking for an outlet for me and that's how I got onto the stage. So I was blessed to be introduced to theater and stagecraft and public performance very, very, very early in my life. And it became a passion and we became a driving force. It even influenced my school choices. I went to a fine arts high school to really learn more about the craft. And then at 17, I had a medical incident in my senior year of high school, and it paralyzed the left side of my body for over a year. And that struggle really r- cemented why I wanted to be a performer and the, and the want for it, too, because at that point, I had been performing for 11 years and I'd become very complacent with the craft. I had started to forget why I'd gotten into it in the first place. And so I kind of uh, got reignited my passion because of that medical incident and it gave me a a reason to want to to recover from it too like they weren't sure if I'd ever be able to have use of my face or or my limbs again and luckily I was I was able to um, find function and and form and then you know that created a a wonderful career for probably seven years of my life uh, and around 25 After being in an industry for 20 years, you do what all people do after 20 years in their career and you retire. (laughs) So I had uh, retired from acting and went back to school and got an engineering discipline under my belt and started my own business, which was a a mapping firm, Geomatics. So Earth Study, we did uh, photogrammetry which is um, anybody who's looked at a Google map, that's what I did. I took the pictures of the ground and put them together and made really pretty maps for people. And the primary client when you have that kind of a business is the government, and the government always insists that you have safety systems in place. So I had to take all of the safety training in order to create my business and have it up and going. Unfortunately, the business collapsed, but I still had all of this training. And so a friend of mine said, I need a safety manager to work for a project up north. And you almost have this this designation. If I pay for these other courses that you need to get this designation, will you come and be my safety officer? And I said, sure, why not? I, I don't know what I'm doing right now. And that seems like a good way to reset. And the next thing I knew, I, I was this safety officer and, and national construction safety officer designation. And I, I'm up on these massive construction sites, these huge multi-million, almost billion dollar commercial um, heavy industrial sites And, and, you know, talking to trades who I'd never thought I'd ever talked to. And people kept asking me, how can you be so confident talking in front of them? I'm like, let me tell you, you're easy. I used to do this in front of people who were paying good money to be entertained and you had to bring it every day. And next thing I knew, I had evolved into training other people how to deliver the talks that I was delivering. And it's just been, you know, 35 year trajectory to get me to where I am today.
0: I love hearing that story because it's so important that we talk about those things because life doesn't always take us in a linear path. There's always going to be ups and downs, zigzags, roundabouts, and et cetera. And just like you, um, I didn't lose my father at a young age, but I lost him recently in November um, last year at the age I was 29 and my dad was 64 and it rocked me. And so that's what really led me to really launching my own podcast is because it was a way for me to, you know, get outside of the sobbing and just put my, put my stuff out there to really help people. And I was really doing it to help myself, but in the process to help other people. And so now looking at where you are in your life and just going through the various trials and tribulations to now your success moments and your ahas and you coaching people to really have that confidence, look at their mindset issues and et cetera, to now uh, writing a book and that book being on a number one bestseller. How did that feel for you, Tyler to just go through that and be like, oh, man, things are starting to piece together.
1: Well, so it's funny. It, I really didn't have that things are starting to piece together moments until literally yesterday. I know that sounds manufactured for this podcast, but, uh, two years ago to the date yesterday, um, I had put to helped put together, um, A really fun weekend seminar that was that really solidified everything that I wanted to do with the power to speak naked and and my speaker training and I reached out to the coordinator literally yesterday to say can you believe it was two years ago that we did this event and he said no I can't like time flies and I said what what happened with it like is that a thing that we can pursue and he's like I want to do more of it it's just with the way that the world is and live events not really being a thing and they're just starting to come back He said I really haven't had time to focus on it I said I would really like it if I could take the reins on that and he went absolutely I mean I'm listening to all your podcasts I've been on oh thank you by the way being on gems right now this is the 100th podcast that I have done through PodMatch in the last uh, four months. You are literally the 100th that I've gone through the entire process. So I wanted to thank you and acknowledge that at some point. So this is, this is a perfect opportunity because this coordinator has been listening to a lot of the stuff that I've been doing and he's been tracking the book. I gave him a copy because initially I self-published the book and then it got picked up by a publisher. So initially it was published in 2019, but through Morgan James, it's just recently become available in bookstores as of September 7th. And so he was saying, you know, I'm tracking all this process. I think this is the perfect project for you to take over. You understand my business, my business model. I really understand your business, your business model. I would love nothing more than to hand the reins over to you. And it was just that cementing of all the work, right? An overnight success. You have to look at the last 10 years of what they've been doing. And I really feel like I've dedicated a decade to this process. Even writing the book was two and a half years and then another two years before it got picked up by an actual publisher and and in bookstores. Uh, The training programs that I've been doing, I've been assembling since 2016. So now this is five years of my life's work poured into it. And the last 18 months in particular, that's all I've been doing. So yesterday to have that confirmation that all these pieces are aligning and clicking together um, and just has me so excited for what the future holds.
0: Congratulations. And congratulations on this being your hundredth podcast. Cause I was not sure if you and I were going to connect <laughs> when I got your response, I was like, Ooh, that's kind of a little feisty, but then I like fired back. And then you, I saw that your podcast guest form came through and I'm like, okay, it was meant to be.
1: <laughs> well, and it's just, and it's, it's funny because I do get a lot of requests to be on You know, it, it. I love the. For those who don't know, that we met through Podmatch. Podmatch is basically online dating for podcasters and guests. It is one of the greatest platforms out there if you are looking to find guests if you're a, a podcaster and to be a guest on podcasts if you are a guest or if you're a, an expert. Um, and I've just I've loved that. And one of the great blessings that I have had because I like to bring value, I've. Been the the top guest, ranked on Podmatch, uh, number one ranked guest for the last four months, and I've been in the top ten for, since April, and that has been great in that it's opened up many doors. But I also get a lot of requests to be on podcasts that I'm maybe not aligned with, and so when I get fiery, it's because I want a little want a little effort. And what I appreciated the most about you, Miss Genesis Amaris Kemp is that you responded back. It's, it's a thing that I do. It's just, I, I, I'm willing to admit it's a, it's, it is a touch feisty, but I want to make sure that the people that I'm going to be having these conversations with are doing it for the right intentions because I can't serve your audience if you're not willing to serve your audience. And so I want to make sure that I'm aligned and the fact that you and I were able to connect and you were able to fire back and say, well, this is how it is. I was like, then this is a show that I'm going to be on and then the fact that our um, schedules align, so that you are literally my century, you are my hundredth episode that I am guesting on through PodMatch, uh, just brought me joy. And so I was so happy to be able to do it.
0: Thank you for being fiery, because I am very fiery myself. I like to call myself a bubbly firecracker. When I was in oil and gas, it was, I was always seen as direct, blunt, or Some guys even called me the B word or aggressive or whatever. And I'm like, hey, you either get in or you or you get out of line. You go big or you go home. And this is just me. (laughs) So now I want to ask you the cover of your book, because just looking at it, the power (laughs) and power is over the butt (laughs) and to speak naked. How did you come up with
1: (laughs) it? Well, so the the title was. Um, it's, it's multi-layered, right? So the, the first thing to understand is that it's tongue in cheek at the worst advice that you could ever give a speaker. And that is to picture their audience naked or in their underwear. Like that is horrible advice. And when we were brainstorming titles for the book, um, my team and I were sitting down and it's, a, a bu- it's an advice book. It's, you know, it's a business nonfiction book Book. it's showing you how to and giving you advice and tips and tricks on how to be a better public speaker and so I'd said to them you know what's some of the advice that you have heard because maybe that can help spawn a, a title and uh, instantly one of my team members stood up and he goes well I'll, you know picture your audience naked and I went off on a tirade I was like it's the worst advice that you could give it is a waste of brain power it is rude to your audience it is diminishing your audience in a way that doesn't need to be you really need to serve your audience and the only way that you can serve your audience is to show up in your best self and and expose yourself to the raw naked truth in fact I would rather that you had I would rather give you the power to speak naked than for you to sit there and picture your audience naked and they all went oh the power to speak naked now that could be a title and then the more that we ruminated on it the more I let it really steep the more it settled in on why that what had to be the title because i want people to be able to give a naked presentation and not that they're not wearing clothes but that they don't need a powerpoint they don't need props they don't need pas and avs and all of the rest of this stuff the you know people have been communicating orally for centuries you know plato didn't fire up a laptop and a projection screen and give dissertations you know, the most he had, if you, you know, the rumor is true, is maybe a pit of sand and, you know, like sands through the hourglass so are the days of our lives. And I mean, that was it. Right. That was the biggest prop. And I don't even think that's real. The, the fact of the matter is, you know, a lot of these greats probably sat in the Parthenon and like just delivered dissertations the way that we've been doing it for eons. And I want people to be able to get back to that, to be so compelling with their messaging, be so compelling with their presence that they don't need the rest. It's serpiphalis. You don't need it. And then in the very root of the title, I want people to be able to speak their raw, naked truth, to expose themselves in a vulnerable way that draws their audience's attention, that grabs them so powerfully that they can't let go. And that's really when you know that you're a powerful speaker, when you can discuss topics, when you can say, my father passed away. I was in oil and gas. People called me the B word. Do you know what I mean? Being able to say, and I don't care because I'm a bubbly firecracker because this is who it is for us to be able to say we have fiery responses back and be honest with each other. That is when you have true communication. That is when you have true engagement. And that's when that engagement has meaning and it's the meaning that makes an impact and the impact makes change. So all of these things were went into the title and has really become a movement for me. It's the, it's my mission that I want to empower people to be able to have these conversations and speak the raw naked truth in a, in a naked scenario and exposing themselves to the, to the nakedness of their, of the reality.
0: And I love everything that you said, Tyler, because I feel like whenever we are real, we're raw, we're unfiltered, we cut out the the noise, cut out the distractions, cut out the BS, like people could really connect with who we are as a human being, who we are as a person, and strip away all the materialistic things, strip away the vanity, and all of that stuff, because at the end of the day, you're a human being, I'm a human being, and we all have something valuable to share, and the power is in the storytelling, and sharing our stories by being vulnerable, by letting people know, hey I'm unapologetically me I'm authentic I'm real because when you try to take on the persona of somebody else you diminish who you are and your gifts your talents and your vision become stale and stagnant because you're trying to operate in somebody else's lane that you were never really created to be in run your own flipping race and do it to the best of your ability and I feel like Social media is a blessing and a curse because we're seeing everything, these filters, prim and prompt, everyone wants to get nips, snips and tucks and be something that they're not instead of being who they were created. If you see yourself as a masterpiece and you know your worth, you know who you are and whose you are, the rest is going to fall in alignment. And that's why I really resonated when I saw your profile, because I was like, the power to speak naked, what is that about, and then I saw the word, the power was over the butt part, and I was like, is he being strategic with putting power over, over this guy's behind, or?
1: Well, it is strategic in that you can't really show that cover, and the funny thing about the cover, um, for, you know, your audience listeners know that I have a naked dude who is facing away from the camera, and, power to speak naked is covering you know anything that needs to be covered and we just kind of see that the dude definitely works out it is not me by the way it is a it's a close approximation but it is definitely a hand-drawn facsimile and not the real thing but um he the irony is is we purchased this stock image from a site that jeff bezos runs Um, But that same site will not allow us to advertise the book on it because it breaches their uh, clauses as far as nudity goes. And and to the fact that it actually states uh, it draws undue attention to the breast and or buck buttocks in a sexually suggestive manner, which now everybody has to go look at the cover to see what we're talking about and know that Jeff's site is wrong. (laughs) It's not, it is not, but it is, it is strategic to, you know, to be so that it's decent. Like, I need my daughter to be able to hold the book and be like, this is the book that my daddy wrote for me, which is true. She's in the dedication. It's dedicated to her, but she needs to be able to hold up the book and and not have it an indecent thing. And I need people to be able to walk through their local bookstore. And, you know, as they're wandering around looking for either a copy of chocolate drop in America, in corporate America, or the power to speak naked or whichever book they're trying to find, Uh, that uh, they're not offended by mine as they're looking for yours.
0: I love that. And then now that we're talking about, because now that you mentioned that you have a daughter, so that's legacy and foundation. So if someone were to ask Tyler, Tyler Foley, what do you want people to say about your life when you depart from this earth? Let's reverse engineer it. If you were to write your own obituary, What would you want to leave behind for the generations that's coming up?
1: Well, it's interesting that you use the word legacy. I've been asked this question a few times and I've always said, you know, one of the the way that one uh, interviewer asked me said, uh, if somebody was to research you a hundred years from now, what would you want them to find in, in that internet search? And for me, I want to be known as Mackenzie Foley's father, you know, who And when they're looking at who Mackenzie is, she changed the world because XYZ. I Y, Z. I don't know what X, Y, Z is yet. But I know that my daughter is destined for greatness because I just see it in everything that she does and the way that the world has aligned for me to be able to provide her with every resource and tool necessary for her to find herself and find herself outside of me. Like I, you know... Performer for 35 years, so naturally I got her an agent when she was 11 months old, and she did a couple of commercials, and she went out for a few auditions, and when she was about five, uh, she went. I don't, I don't want to do this anymore, Daddy. And that was fine, but she not only does she have the voice to do it, but I have the willingness to allow her to find it. Did it crush my soul a little bit when my daughter said I don't want to be in film and TV anymore? yes of course it did because I think she would be fantastic in it but it's not what she wants to do but I love that she loves drawing I love that she loves music I love that she loves humanity the neighbors next door uh, have turned over three times in the time that we have lived here and one of the unique things about every neighbor that has lived just to the east of us is that they have all had autistic children and I don't know what it is about the house. I don't know if it's the setup that works well and there, there's something that's looking for it, but it's been uh, consistent. The first family had two autistic children. The next family had one autistic boy. And now there's an autistic girl that lives beside. And, and all of them are pretty far on the spectrum with very few, um, they're, they're not, they don't socialize well. And all my daughter wants to do is play with them. And one of the things that I have heard consistently from all of the parents is how nice it is to have an average child come and play with their children and just treat them like they're they're children, because that's all they are. And my daughter doesn't see the autism. She doesn't see the spectrum. She just sees that she has a friend next door that she can play with. And that is one of the most encouraging things to me as a father. It's the thing that brings me the most source of pride. Yes, I'm happy that she was in uh, TV very young. Yes, I'm happy that she is unbelievably artistically gifted. I have three of her paintings that are mounted and framed just over at the edge of my studio here. And people think that my wife did them, but she didn't. My daughter did them. And I'm proud of that. I'm proud of everything that she does. But the thing that I am the most proud of is her humanity and her humility within it and her empathy for other people. She has the softest heart and I hope that never changes. I hope the world does not harden it to her because what I see when she goes and plays with her friends next door brings a light to me. That can never be extinguished, and so when somebody searches for me a hundred years from now, the legacy that I want to have left is the impact that my daughter made on the world because I know it will be significant, and I my job is to make sure that it is fostered and nurtured to the best of my ability, so that she can be the best version of her that she can
0: That is beautiful, and that's a great way to. Um, speak on legacy because your daughter is a part of you she's also a part of your wife and what you and your wife instills in her is what is going to cause that domino effect that ripple effect and she's going to go on to touch so many lives, and then people are going to know well who raised her? And they'll say Tyler Foley and Mrs. Foley, whatever your wife's name is. And that's where the legacy is. That's where the foundation is. And people have to realize that what we do now will have a ripple effect. The seeds we plant today will produce a harvest so what type of seeds are you planting are you sowing those right seeds the good seeds to reap a fruitful and abundant harvest what type of words are you releasing out of your mouth to reap that harvest what type of writings are you writing and what type of energy are you putting out there and it's so important because people never understand why things are coming back in a boomerang effect but you have to ask yourself what did you sow back then And how is it being evident now? So I like that you broke your your legacy down that way because every person has a different legacy, just like success for Tyler Foley is gonna look like a different type of success to your predecessor or your wife or et cetera. I now wanna ask you about, cause you know, now we're living in a world where everything is so divided, Tyler, and it's exhausting. We're divided over race. We're divided over politics. We're divided now over the vaccine, unvaccinated versus vaccinated. So what what is your stance when it, when you talk about diversity, equity, and inclusion, because we all know it's not something to just check the box. We know that there needs to be real work done in order to see people really link hands effectively, collaboratively, and to be the change that we want to see. But it starts with each one of us doing our part.
1: Well, I think the first thing to recognize is that there is a stark difference between disagreement and arguing. I think so much of our time right now is focused on arguing. Disagreement can be healthy. Different points of view can be healthy. I, you know, they, it's that old adage, never judge a person until you've walked a mile in their shoes. Well, I can't physically get into your shoes. <laughs> you know, First of all, you're in Houston, and I'm in Houston North and Calgary, and we've got you know, a geographic separation. Never mind the fact that I actually probably could fit into your shoes. Cause I am a wee tiny, tiny man. I am five, eight, 135 pounds. And I'm pretty sure I'm lying by an inch when I give people that number. And uh, I, you know, I'm a size seven guys. Like I'm, my wife and I have almost the exact same shoe size. She can fit mine perfectly. I'm a little tight onto hers, but metaphorically, I need to be able to walk a mile in your shoes. And that's where the power of the story comes in. See, I can't empathize or sympathize with you if all you're doing is telling me that I'm wrong. I could be wrong (laughs) and I may need to be illuminated onto the fact that I don't understand. But the fact that I don't understand doesn't instantaneously make me evil, wrong or bad. What it does is make me ignorant and ignorant is not a bad word these days either. Like we've made this, ignorance is a lack of knowledge. Don't shame me for my ignorance, enlighten me. And and the best way to do it is to really honestly have, first of all, discord. I need to know that, that my point of view may be opposite to your point of view, but don't attack me for my point of view. Explain to me your point of view. Say, have you considered? Is this part of your thought process? Instead of telling me that I'm wrong, explain to me your point of view. And I'll tell you, as a safety consultant, one of the worst parts of my job is having to do accident and incident investigation. And as somebody who's worked in oil and gas, I know you understand this better than most. When I'm called as a consultant to do an investigation, it's never because somebody has, you know, had to put a bandaid on or get in first aid. When I'm called, somebody's life has changed drastically and will never be the same ever. And when I'm having to do those investigations, one of the first things that I'm doing is interviewing witnesses. Now, the fact is the incident happened. The truth is everybody has a different point of view on what happened. They are all telling the truth. They're all giving me their version. And the funny thing is, is a lot of times they are physically and metaphorically opposing viewpoints because one witnessed it from the South and one witnessed it from the North but and so what they saw differs and that changes how they saw it and how they viewed it plus their own biases that they bring into it gender race religion all of those things influence the language that they're using when they're describing an incident that has happened it doesn't mean that they're wrong it just means that they have literally different points of view and i think we need to understand that we live in a very diverse world and to me diversity is not just humanity like we share this planet with millions of other life forms like so we want to start talking diversity let's really start talking about diversity right like there our decisions impact everything there is a ripple effect it is the butterfly effect and the only way for me to tr- truly understand where your viewpoint is is to have open dialogue conversation and I sometimes need that conflict I need you to disagree with me at times I can't be in an echo chamber or a sounding board because then I never learn I never grow I need to have somebody say look have you ever considered this and I go oh Okay, no, I haven't, or yes, I have. And then when I can say, yes, I have, have you considered this? And now we start to have discussion and debate. And the problem is, is in our current society, debate is modeled poorly. How it's shown on C-SPAN is not what debate is supposed to actually be like. Is, I, I don't have to be opposed to you just because you sit on another side of the room. I should have the freedom to say, you know what? You're right. That's a good point. And I should have the freedom to say, I'm sorry, I don't agree with you because of this, this, and this, which allows you to then counter my argument. That is what debate is supposed to be argument and point, counter argument, counterpoint. And then have it go back and forth until we find resolution. And I think people have forgotten that end game is resolution. We need to resolve to agree at some point instead of this argument and disagreement. And that is, uh, is my rant and my soapbox for the day. <laughs> Woo!
0: Mic drop. Boom.
1: <laughs> it's the name of the training.
0: Uh, That was amazing. And I agree because so many times people are just arguing, 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 and then that argument turns into insults. Those insults turn into brawls. And then before you know it, like no good has came out of that. All we had was opposing viewpoints. We had a topic and then those opposing viewpoints escalated because we weren't able to de-escalate and find that common that common interest and that that sweet spot in the road in my opinion
1: well and my, i'm curious to know when opinion became dogma like that's the bit that i don't understand like I, like when did when did a thought become concrete How did it become cemented into reality that that it is calcified and unflexible? Like, I don't, I don't understand that. I, my opinions on the world have changed from the time I was six years old to the time that I'm 42. Like I've never opinions. I'm growing constantly as a human being, my, my thoughts, my processes constantly change. So why, why can't we, why, what is wrong with having, with changing your opinion and that's the other thing that that drives me insane right now with council culture is that somebody can't have expressed a point of view 10 years ago you are you are damned for any expression that you've had that is counter to somebody else's even if you've grown as a human being lord knows the things that i was spewing 10 15 years ago are not who i am now and i I'm so thankful that it was prior to social media because I would not want to be judged on the human being I was 15 years ago. And I think I was a great guy.
0: It's good because people don't give other people grace and mercy these days and not to be religious or um, spiritual here. I feel like God, our higher power or whoever you choose choose to believe in has given us all grace as human beings. So why can't we extend that grace and mercy and forgiveness to somebody else? Because if our lives were to go up on the screen in front of everyone in an arena, would we be so proud of what we have done? And if you can't say yes to that, then stop throwing friggin' stones at somebody else. We are all imperfect people trying to become a better version of ourselves daily. And I tell people, I'm so glad I'm not Genesis BC. And they're like, what's BC? Before Christ, because that Genesis, she'll she'll take a licking and keep on ticking, or she'll tell you a piece of her mind. And, you know, she won't care at a drop of a dime. But now, you know, I like, I'm a little bit softer now that I'm a married woman, now that I have, you know, um, nieces and nephews that are, look up to me. I don't just fly off at the hinges or the cuffs and say certain things because that is not who I am anymore. And I said, just like the world is evolving, we as human beings evolve too. Our mindset shifts, our perspective changes, who we love. Shifts. You, I've had friends who were dating women and now they're dating a man, but you know what? You can't help who you love. You can't help how your views have changed or whatever the case may be. But at the end of the day, who you are as at your core and how your core begins to um, come up and out externally, that is who you are and we need to extend grace and mercy to those people just like we would like grace and mercy extended unto us
1: i mean it's the the two golden rules right there the first one being the golden rule do unto others as you would have others do unto yourself and as you pointed out the he without sin be the first to cast stones i don't have any right to throw any rock at any time at all right and i do believe that we should treat each other the way that we would want ourselves to be treated in life and in business. I mean, you want to be a successful business person. I mean, you want to talk about a gem, right? Show up to other people's groups, the way that you would want groups to show up to you show up to other people's training, show up to business meetings. If you expect a client to behave a certain way, then you should behave that way when you are a client. And quit waiting for other people to do it to you. You have to lead the change. You want to be a true owner. You want to be a true business person. You want to be a true entrepreneur. You need to lead the change. It needs to come internally from you and see how you can affect your world as opposed to how your world affects you.
0: And there you have it, folks. Tyler, I'm going to allow you to close us out with, once again, telling the listeners and the viewers who you are, how they could connect with you, and where you hang out on social media so they can meet Tyler, not your VA, but Tyler Foley.
1: (laughs) Well, so the best place to go, honestly, is the website, uh, SeanTylerFoley.com. It will connect you with all of my socials, and they are my socials, so you can reach out and you can find me there. Um, It'll link you with all the podcasts that i've been on so if they really enjoyed this episode of gems well then guess what you you're going to be able to get it on there as well to listen to the replay and if you are enjoying this episode genesis one of the things that i would ask your listeners to do if they're listening right now and they're like i really like this episode give it a thumbs up and a like so that you can get bigger better guests On to serve them because it's the only way that you can grow your audience right like what we all want a five-star review so if we want a five-star review let's again do on to others as we would have others do on to them if they want a five-star review they should be giving you a five-star review so i would ask them to go hit pause on whatever device they're listening to this on right now give you a five-star review for all of your efforts if they're enjoying what they're listening to And then when they come back, they can check out SeanTylerFoley.com. If they want to pick up a copy of the book, it's available in bookstores everywhere. They can get it online. It's available on Jeff's site if you want to go there. But Jeff Bezos also went to space in a phallic-shaped rocket recently. So I think he's got quite enough money. So I would encourage them if they want to do some online shopping, they want to pick up a copy of chocolate drop in corporate America, or if they want to pick up a copy of my book, the power to speak naked, I would encourage them actually to go to bookshop.org because it's an online resource. It'll connect you with all the titles that are available on Jeff's site, but it is through your local book retailer. So it's supporting your mom and pop shop and they have a big banner. They've raised almost $16 million that they give and donate back to local bookstores. And I can tell you this right now, it's actually cheaper to get my book there. So they can go to seantylerfoley.com to connect with me on all my socials. If they want to get your book or my book, I would encourage them to go over to bookshop.org. And thank you so much, Genesis, for having me on. This has been an absolute joy and a pleasure. I really enjoyed our conversation.
0: Thank you so much, Tyler. And thank you for plugging all of your contact information and making this your 100 podcast guest feature it's just been so amazing that you chose my show so I love that and I'm going to sign out my guests you know how I do it peace love and lots of blessings you all are amazing you're a masterpiece and don't you ever forget it have yourself an amazing day